I don't know. Let's just go with it. There we go. Whatever. I think it's more important what they hear than what they see anyway, honestly. But we hear about it. Okay. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. And good morning, everybody watching and listening online. You are listening to or watching Norwood Free Methodist Church, where despite the snow and blowing and cold, uh, we, we made it. We're here. Um, yeah, so let's jump right into this. Um, I'm going to do something I don't normally do. Uh, normally, as you, as you know, I usually take... I just, I do whatever I kind of feel like God says on a Saturday. I don't know. And most of the time it seems to be topical. But today we're actually going to take a, a small book in the Bible, a very familiar story, and we're going to go through it, and we're going to just pull out lessons for us today. I've never, okay, I love history and knowing all the nerdy, geeky stuff about the Bible, but I don't feel as though that's as beneficial as boots on the ground, day-to-day lessons we can take into the workplace or their families in the next day. So we're going to look at a book that we all think we know very well, but we're going to see ourselves in this book. And it's, um, it's the story of Jonah. And some of us, uh, yeah, let's just, let's just get into it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recap AJ style uh, most of it because we don't have a lot of time to read through the whole thing. But most of you know this. Jonah is a prophet of God. Back in the day before Jesus came, from Adam on, only certain people were allowed to have the Holy Spirit inside of them. And those people were called prophets. And there were women and there were men that were this. That ought to challenge you a little bit. There were judges. And these people were given, they were the mouthpiece of God. They were given power. And that became available to us all when Christ said it's finished. If you ever wonder why the veil in the temple ripped, because where God was and where we are, there is now no separation. <laughs> that's good, huh? No, that's not good. That's good. Awesome news. Amen. Glory to God. Well, anyway, so Jonah had the, had, had the, he was, you know, a prophet of God. And God comes to him and says this. He says, Jonah, listen, I got this whole thing going on. You know, this is my world and all. You need to go to this place called Nineveh and tell them they're awful. And if they don't change things, I'm going to wipe them out. And Jonah goes, and I don't know if you've ever done this before. He goes, God, I hear you. Um, no, <laughs> I'm not doing that at all. Nope. No, <laughs> I would judge him, but that's been me in my life too. But anyway. So he says, no, I'm not into that. I'm out of here. So he gets on a boat, and he flees from the Lord. And he goes to a place called Tarshish, which I think God laughed when he named it that to make preachers nervous, because Tarshish is horrible to say over and over and over again. But anyway, so, uh, so he gets on a boat, because you know that makes a lot of sense, and he runs from the God of all things. But anyway, so all of a sudden, the sea starts going crazy, and they're in a storm uh, to the tune of ready to die. And the people on the boat, sailors are notoriously uh, superstitious, they're like, what happened? Somebody angered somebody. We've got about a thousand different gods that are worshipped here. And Jonah's like, it's me. It's me. I worship the one true living God, and he's upset because I'm running from him. And they're like, are you being serious right now? And he's like, oh, oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's totally what's happening. They're like, oh, well, we should throw you overboard. And he's like, yeah, you probably should. Read the book. I'm not paraphrasing. Some of it I am. But they're, they're like, no, we won't. But then the storm gets worse. And they're like, we've changed our mind as a committee. You got to go. <laughs> and he gets thrown off the boat and I think well let's pick up at verse 17 uh, so he prayed to the Lord no that's not it well just whatever the first one was I don't know really okay well then forget it I guess we sure all right, I did want to do that, yeah. We see the Lord provides a huge fish and swallows Jonah. And Jonah's in the belly of the fish for three to four uh, night, days and nights. You know what? Maybe not, right? Forget about it. I guess maybe I just went through this. Okay, so Jonah's in the belly of the fish for three days and nights. Y'all think whale. Where did whale come from? It says fish. But anyway, 
It's funny how we think we know something and then we're like, oh, when, when we actually see it, that's not what it says. So he gets puked up on the shore. <laughs> that's my word. He gets puked up on the shore. Uh, and God says again, hey, Jonah, remember what we talked about before? Yeah, I need you to go and preach against Nineveh. Go tell them they're wicked. And if they don't turn around, bad things are going to happen. So he goes through the city for three days. Oh, sorry. Yeah, three days and nights. And he says, uh, in 40 days, Nineveh is going to be overthrown. But then something strange happens. The Ninevites hear him and they go, oh, wait, we know you. We know you're God. You're not messing around, are you? Okay, we're going to change our ways. And they do. And they do. Now, I'll tell you in a minute how, how bad and big this situation is, but they actually change. And they all fast, they don't eat, and they cry out to this God for mercy that they don't know. God hears them, and listen, and this is where it becomes in our story. God hears the cries for mercy and grants them because of the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God, even, even for them. And Jonah goes, knew this would happen and that's where the trouble starts <laughs> right there so we'll pick up the story at jonah chapter four and he says this is this not what i said when i was still at home when you talked to me the first time that's why i was so quick to flee to tarshish i knew that you're a gracious and compassionate god slow to anger and abounding in love a god who res relents from sending calamity yeah um okay let's keep going i guess i don't know sure yeah, God, God brought compassion. Did that go backward? Keep going. Next one then. Yeah, okay, forget it. Go back one. So he doesn't, guys. He doesn't. And Jonah says, I'm upset about this whole thing. And this is where we pick up our story. This is the story of Jonah. Uh, then, hold on, this weird thing happens where Jonah's laying in the desert. A plant grows up, gives him shade. But then God sends a worm to destroy the plant, leaving him with no shade. There's the whole story. It's weird. But uh, listen. I'm, I'm here today to tell you this, not just a historical document. There's a lot of lessons about this. So number one, the book opens with Jonah running from God. God shows him exactly what he needs to do and when he needs to do it, and he just says, no, I'm out. He flees. Now let me tell you why. So Nineveh was not just this random city. It wasn't. It was the capital of Assyria. Over a million people lived in Assyria, and 120,000 people lived in Nineveh. They were cruel, they were mean, and they hated Israel. This, uh, this command was like basically a suicidal command. Assyria was a place where they skinned their enemies alive, buried them, and impaled them. Israelites. So God told an Israelite, hey, walk into, how do you say that modern day? Jeez oh, Louise. Okay, so previous generation would be like walk into Berlin as an American. Or walk into North Korea, uh, Afghanistan strongholds by yourself, unarmed, and tell them they're wicked. And that I don't agree, right? So you can see where Jonah's like, you sure about this, bud? <laughs> is this really what we want to do? He was afraid. And this is what, what becomes real. There are times in our lives when God is urging us to do something, and our first emotion is fear. And it may not be stakes or crucifixion or guillotines, but it's something along the lines of, wow, this, is, this could be difficult. It could be hard. It could cost me something. And I understand that, guys. We've all felt that God has placed a desire in our hearts or a command in our hearts and minds, and we don't move forward with it because we're scared. And I get it. Sometimes I've been scared of what people closest to me might think, scared if it won't work out, if I lose time, money, reputation, whatever. And the thing is, I admit it to myself. I, I see myself in the story of Jonah, and um, it makes me realize something, that fear, if I allow, fear is a paralytic. Fear is a very strong paralyzer. Fear is a stopper of momentum. It's just a paralyzer. It really is. And some, some things people say about fear is this. It's the opposite of faith. I'm not necessarily sure about that. Other people say that where fear is, there cannot be faith. 
Uh, and by that thinking where there is faith, fear cannot thrive. You decide about that, but I'm going to point this out. Fear looks at the problem, Joe, or the challenge, and faith is simply a look at the other direction at God. So this is what happened. The command comes down. Jonah, I've got something for you to do, and he looks that way. Get it? Didn't I say that a few weeks ago? I know we've been out for two weeks, which is probably why I'm a little hyper. But it's about where we focus, right? When God tells us to do something, the first thing we do is look at the situation. And walking around these walls, I thought by now they'd fall. You remember that message? And I said this, who told you to stare at the walls? You could be staring that whole time at the God who commanded it, waiting for him to make that move because it's already written in eternity present, in eternity future. So the minute we go, that's when the fear starts to creep up. And do you understand that that's the battle in your mind is where your focus is? This room is full of worriers because everybody on the planet is tempted to worry and have anxiety, especially when you got little kids. I don't know about you guys. But that's what, that's what gets me at night. Three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, I wake up and my fear says, stare at the situation, stare at what might happen. And that's what got Jonah. Do you understand? God, Jonah took his eyes immediately off God and went to them, those people? No way, Father. Do you know how brutal they are? Blah, blah, blah. He goes, why are you? And I can see God saying this. Why are you describing them right now? You're in the presence of the Almighty God. I designed the four ventricles in your heart and I'm keeping it pumping right now. Oh, by the way, and all of them. And the cellular division's going on in your body and your nervous system, that's all me. And theirs, too, is in the palm of my hand. Now, I've got something you get to do alongside of me. How about you focus on me? That's as simple as it is, isn't it? And you can talk about a fish and all that, but that's all peripheral. Right now, the decision is to be made, which is when God asks us to do something and invites us to be a part of what he's doing, where is our focus? If we focus in the wrong spot, it's just going to be fear. We know that. And guys, we all have a none of a. We all have a none of a. It, things are going to pop up in your head as we're talking about this. Something God has whispered to you that you've either put aside or even it's a new thing, but something that you're prompted going, I can understand that this is the next step God is telling me in this certain situation or relationship. Because here's how I know we all have a none of a. Because God is always moving us forward. It's such a mistake, and I don't want to babble today, guys, but I want to give you some wisdom. It is such a mistake to look at anyone in this room or in your life, or across your dinner table, and to think that person's finished. And we do that. We take a snapshot of who they are and go, this is who they are. What? This is who they are today. But you're, you're going to be married to someone different. They even say this. Let me talk about marriage for a second. They say that you, you're, if, if you marry a person to stay with them, you're going to end up being with essentially three different people. The, the wow, we're single, fancy, free. That's a different person than the dad or mom. Isn't, isn't that? It is a different, how about the homeowner then kicks in? When Melanie married me, I did not dress this way. I did not have the beard. I did not shoot and kill deer, stalk them, nothing. My inner redneck came bubbling out as I got more comfortable in my life and discovered myself. At that time, I was a touring musician who was very this, this, and this. I evolved. And if I, you know what I mean? If you know Terry or Bill long enough, they're evolving still. And Joe, this is just going to happen. Do you understand that? That's just for free, you guys. But there's something inside of you, I know that, because you're evolving, that God is bringing to your mind. It may not be as big as a new job or different career field or retiring. It may not be ditching a friendship or relationship that you know is toxic. That might be a thing. Uh, it may be taking a leap and asking uh, and committing to somebody. That's a thing. Lots of men are marrying later and later and later in this, in this world into their 30s now. Maybe God's tapping on your heart, telling you to uh, to sit, put a situation here. Um, having kids, I don't know. I don't know what it is, you guys. But everybody's got a none of them. It could be telling people about your faith. 
I was so proud of hearing Chick the other day in his situation sharing his heart and who he knows God to be. That's a none of a guys. That's scary. That even sometimes scares me, and I got all excuses in the world to preach to people. So what is our none of a? Now, as we think about this, we're going to go back to Jonah and get the whole picture. There was also another reason that Jonah probably didn't want to go and obey God. It was it was four two, which we had four two, which is this. He knew God would show mercy. Right? What does it mean for for Jonah? Here's the thing. It means he's going to get called a liar. He knew he's going to go preach about it. And because of the acts of the living God in the past, he knew they'd repent. And it makes him a liar. For three days he said, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. It doesn't happen. They could all turn around and go, wow, he's a wacko. We all know wackos who've declared the end of the world is coming at blah, 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 blah. Do they have any reputation anymore? No. J Jonah knew this man. But here's where I want to kick it into gear. And this is where my, I enjoy the rest of this message because it gets difficult. It's this. Things didn't turn out the way he wanted to, them to, or the way he thought they should. And now everybody in this room is Jonah. He had an idea of how he thought things should go, and they didn't go that way. And I don't know if you can relate, but I can. In 2009, I was working at a bank. I was newly married about three years in. Uh, I wasn't particularly happy at a bank because it's a cesspool of Never mind. It's a hard place to work and retail's terrible. But um, anyway, so bringing money in, newly married, like I said, working decent hours. And then I really felt that the Lord called me to a place of Nunavut where uh, he, the, there was a Christian store that was closing in Potsdam. And I really felt in my heart that, that the Lord was calling me to purchase that, me and a business partner, Bernie Ashley. And now listen, don't go off how you feel because there's a lot of lunatics out there who think God's talking to them and they do dumb things. No, I talk to the people I know in my life that have wisdom, my pastor, a banker, a financial planner, an actual business person. I brought a business proposal. Do you understand that sometimes faith and common sense go hand in hand? And if you've got a bunch of faith but no common sense, we, we need to talk about that, chill out a little bit. Do you, do you see what I'm trying to say? It gets kooky either way, but also don't follow your little brain and what you think is best because the Lord determines your steps. So literally, we did it all. Did it all. Sat down. There's a place in Canton that will go over your business plan. We got a micro loan through Potsdam. And it was all like, Lord, this is it. So I quit banking. Okay, I hope we're going to do this. We really feel God's calling us to it. That's me and Brittany. <laughs> we closed our doors in less than two years. Never made a penny. And went bankrupt. Did not declare bankruptcy. Did not declare bankruptcy. No, instead I spent the next five years every month paying back that loan for Melanie and my money. Until it was paid back. Lord, are you sure you want me to go do that? Because it sure didn't go the way I wanted it to, right? Now, at the end of that, there were a lot of emotions. I'll, I'll get into that after. But I understand, you guys. I understand when things don't work out the way they should, according to me. And I get it. I really do. But I can tell you this. As sure as I'm sitting here, I believe God did call me, that, call, call me to that Nineveh. I really do. So let me pause that story. In the end of the book, I want to show you what God, in the end of Jonah's story, I want to show you what God showed me and Jonah as well. God corrects his perspective. So let me, let's go to, um, let's go forward a little bit where he talks to him. Just, let's just keep pounding through the story if we can. I don't know where. Um, yeah, here we go, here we go. This is, what, this is what God says. Jonah, you're upset. You've been concerned about this vine that came up and then I destroyed you didn't tend it or make it grow, setting him up for perspective. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. Again, pause. Jonah, you didn't make any of that happen. But, but Nunavah, 
this thing you're upset about has more than 120,000 people. They don't know right from wrong. They can't tell their right from their left. And how many cattle as well? Time, time out. You know what that should show you? God cares about animals. That should show you that. Come on. Did he have to say that? He didn't have to. Not a word in that Bible or yacht or tittle is what Jesus says. Is it there by mistake? Bill, that just goes to show God cares about the cattle too. That's awesome, isn't it? When you think about animal shelters and taking care of animals and thinking it's okay to abuse animals, it's not. Anyway, they don't know the right hand or the left. Should I not be concerned about that great city? So God reveals something right here. At the end of disappointment, when things don't work out the way you thought they should have, this is what he reveals. He shows Jonah something like this. He says this, Jonah, you're a part of what I'm doing. Never forget that. You get so locked into looking through your eyes, and that's understandable because that's how we survive. But whenever you're facing a big challenge or definitely a big disappointment, please hear me, I know I've babbled. Whenever you're facing a big disappointment, time out. Step out from just looking at your perspective and zoom out a little bit. And God will reveal this. You get to be a part of what I'm doing on my planet. And you partnering with me, everything we do together will echo through eternity. And nothing can ever be taken from you. Right? Do you get it? So we might look at disappointment and go, that didn't work out the way I thought it should. Or me and my infinite wisdom, how I know it should have gone. But God zooms you back and go, it's my story. We call it history, right? It's his story. And the idea that little AJ, the screw up, the liar, the thief, the, the, the unfaithful, gets to somehow be a part of what he's doing. Wow, what, where is there room for disappointment in the results? Because we're writing a story together. I get to be a part of that? That's crazy, right? Jonah, do you see what just happened? 120,000 souls just got saved. Stop thinking about you. Step out of your perspective and what you think is right or wrong, and you'll see something amazing just happened in your disappointments. And can't some of us relay that? Sometimes in our disappointments, the most amazing things happen. It's so, so true. God is the main character, guys, and not us. And again, Jonah should have focused on the fact that 120,000 people just came to God. To finish the story about me, I don't really know why he wanted us to open that store and close it within, uh, it was definitely way, way less than two years. It was right around a year, I think. We served a lot of people. We ourselves were changed and grew, but I don't know. All I know is this. He asked, and I don't want to be the one who says no to whatever God's doing. That's just not who I want to be. It's not. And I just think, you know, I didn't just think good idea. I, I did the work, and, and sometimes it can be confusing. It can be hard, but my peace is in the fact that I was obedient. So does that make sense? I mean, really, even having to look at my wife and say, hey, sorry about that. That didn't go the way we thought it would, and it'll have ramifications in our lives. The, only, the piece I have is this. You, you said to do it, and I did it. And I will be honest with you, that is a piece that does pass understanding, where even if it didn't work out the way I thought it should have, I did what you asked me to do, Father. And therefore, the rest of it's in you. And it becomes about him. You know what I'm trying to say? I wish I could give you better words for that, because that's, that's really deep in my heart. That, that, that's a chapter of my life that I wouldn't have chosen, but right now I wouldn't go back and rewrite. You know what I'm saying? I just heard about, okay, we have friends, uh, one of my friends is a pastor up in uh, Messina, and they were convinced that uh, they were going to go be missionaries in some other country. What country was it? Do you remember? I was it Africa? 
I think it was, Gulu, Uganda, or whatever, and moved his whole family there. Boom, didn't work out at all. And you come home with your tail between your legs. And you go, do I not hear from God? Anybody relate to that at all? Do I not hear from God? I mean, what, what, what's happening? This didn't work out the way I wanted it to, right? Or I got another friend who, these are, these are solid men and women of God who really were convinced to sell their stuff and go and blah, 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 blah. Stuff I would be really uncomfortable doing. And they went there, and within six months, it all failed, and they had to come back. And part of me wants to go, well, you're not hearing from God. Well, can I tell you something? I don't, ooh, I don't have the right to say that. Because I could tell you and I could pass a polygraph that God told me to open the store knowing full well it was going to go in the ground. Would it surprise them? So maybe the way I think things go or the way I think God works, maybe that's what needs to be examined. Maybe I just need to be the one who stands back and go, yes, sir. Because he also asked me at one point after I closed the store, he said, hey, go start a church. And I went, that's loonier than the store idea. Because <laughs> it was. And so again, month after month, year after year, and, and Melanie and I were, were funding the church. Like if something needed to be bought, we bought it. You know, I, I did this job specifically here. I did this, jo did this job for years for free because he didn't say you get to have a paycheck. He just said, go do it. But I had learned to let go and just say, yes, sir. And there were days, mom will tell you, Brian will tell you, maybe before Brian, there were days when there were two people in that church service. And I went home with a spring in my step. Do you guys remember that? I did. I was never upset about that. If two people showed up, I was so happy. <laughs> Yeehaw, man. I got to serve the living God. What a difference in perspective. And sure, it grew into this, which is amazing. It's my dream job to serve the best people in the North Country, man, the finest people in the North Country here. And yes, that's a compliment to you people. But um, who know, the point is, it's not about that. It's about when God asks, am I going to be the person who says, yes, Lord? Because let's be honest, one of these days, my days are going to run out on this earth. It's going to be the last one. AJ's last day on earth. And I want to be the guy who steps into eternity outside of time and can say, hey, did, we, did, I, did I partner in? Did we do what we could in this North Country and in this world? Did I, did I contribute? If that's where I want to hear, yeah, well done, good and faithful servant. You didn't try to do more. You just said yes when, that, when, when you needed to say yes. Yeah. And I, can I tell you something else about this? I'm off script and we'll close it up soon. If this becomes our stance... There's no place for worry or anxiety. I woke up last night at about 4 o'clock and just kind of, you ever do that? You just kind of shake it off and you're like, I kind of have to pee, but I don't really got to get out of bed, but we'll be all right. But I just was, and I thought, this is Sunday morning. This is normally when I would lose sleep in years past. But I went right back to sleep. And then I, this morning I got all the messages on the prayer chat and all this where a bunch of people weren't going to come to church. I don't care. I went, Lord, do you want me to go to church? Okay, cool. It seems like you do. And honestly, like, people walked in. Cool. Because the results are not on me anymore. I get to just be excited and I get to say, yes, Lord. And really, is that not faith? Because if I'm not holding it, controlling it, and putting my expectations on it, then that means I must be trusting that someone else is. Right? So Jonah really shows us an amazing lesson about keeping our focus where it needs to be, about choosing ahead of time to be someone who says, yes, Lord, and no, I'm not going to worry about the results, right? And also, you ready for this? Did God really need Jonah to go to Nineveh? No. I'm reminded of, and this is deep Bible jokey thing, but I'm reminded of when Elijah sits down and goes, Oh, Lord, just take my life. No, oh, she's after me, and I'm tired, and, and I'm, not, I'm not ripping on him, but he says something. He goes, I'm the last one. And God reveals to him, he goes, There are hundreds more. 
He was convinced he was the last one. But no, actually, someone had hidden a bunch of prophets in a cave. Jonah's perspective, uh, Elijah's perspective, ah, I'm the last one, Lord. I know you need me. God's like, <clears throat> I have hundreds more. <clears throat> I have hundreds more of you. If you don't say yes, someone else will. And this was always going to be the story of Nineveh. Do you understand? Joyce Meyer is one of my favorite, uh, I wasn't even going to say female preachers. She's one of my favorite preachers of all time. She'll tell you to this day, I bet you God tapped seven men before me and they all said no. And so that's why I am here and I'm a woman and I'm doing the job. Don't know what to tell you. But when he asked me to do it, I said yes. And you know what? I agree with her. I bet you she, God did tap a bunch of other people first. Not because of any other reason, but God's just looking for someone who'll say yes, Lord, and I'll trust you with the rest of it, right? Okay, fine, I'll, I'll go there. Um, God's looking for someone who'll say yes and hang on to what he said to, him, to you long ago. I think of, and I'm going to pick on my friend B.B., I think of Britt who had a dream in her heart to start a family. And I think of the fact that everybody around her at times, maybe even myself, were, were tempted to say, are you sure God said that? You know that, huh? Get it? Come on. Can we? When someone's going through a long, are you sure God said that? But what did Britt say? God said this and I said yes. And oh, it'd be so much more powerful when I get to hold baby Crosley while I'm preaching. That's going to happen. <laughs> right, though? Or, or, or Marty and, and finding this, this amazing man to share her life with. Marty received that and said, yes, Lord. And even though people would have said, you're crazy for that. So whatever you're believing on, maybe your none of us is to hold on to something God's given you. Don't make me go with Des on this one. That's the best story of all of them. Believing for her family, right, Des? When everybody else called her crazy. Maybe none of us holding on to the hope you have for your kids. For your grown kids to stop acting crazy. I don't know. For them to this, 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 or come to God. I don't know. But maybe God gives you that command and you're the person who says, yes, Lord. And trusts God with the results and the timing. Right? Last thing I want to say real quickly, and this is a, a different situation, but I want to tell you. Yeah, this is one I don't really want to talk about, but that's okay. Number one, God is constantly calling us back. The fish, I used to think, was a punishment. No, it wasn't a piranha. It was a specially designed fish that apparently had oxygen in it just to bring him back, right? Like, I always thought, like, oh, and then a fish, how awful would that be? And it's like, bro, the fish acted like a submarine and brought him back to land. Oh, yeah, so God wasn't throwing a temper tantrum. No, God threw him out a lifeline to bring him back and give him a second chance. Oh, yeah, you're right. And you know what I mean? Like, he lived through it. Wow. Now, do I believe, 101 here, do I believe that God could create a fish that could, you know, hold and carry a human being? Well, yes, I do. Of course I do. Plus, also, give me a New Testament, whatever New Testament or scripture we have there. I want to challenge you with something here. Jesus is talking in Matthew and says this, you guys are wicked and adulterous, man. You're looking all around for your needs instead of me. You ask me for a sign, I'm not going to give you one except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, 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 so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. You want to know how I know it was a real story? Because Jesus just told you it was real. <laughs> so for us to say that that didn't happen is to you to look at Jesus and go, you lied in the Bible. That makes you a liar, Jesus. Oh, there was a fish that was, because Jesus talks about it. Oh, wait. I tricked you. I actually just set you up. Jonah was actually a part of writing a piece of Jesus' story. Look again. For as Jonah was in the fish, that was a precursor to what I'm going to do because I'll be underground for three days 
and rise again. That's the sign you'll be given. So Jonah even gets to point to the grandeur and majesty of Jesus Christ. He had no way of knowing it and dies hundreds of years beforehand. You never know what God is doing when he calls you to do something. The repercussions, ramifications, good and bad, it can have in this life. Can you imagine that? Hey, Jonah, if you do this, this whole story in this convoluted way, Jesus is going to say your name and use you as an example. What? What a privilege and honor, right? God is going to have his way. Things are going to be done his way. Now, the last thing I want to say is this, and this is the hard part, and then we're going to go home, is this. There's another huge truth in this. In a world where we want to make our own rules and define what's right and wrong, we'll do what makes us happy and follow how we feel, there's a truth that Jonah is screaming at us, and it's this. Our decisions often fall hardest on those we love and those around us. And the world is screaming at you that you can be what you want right now and do what you want and have people call you what you want and you can identify as a... Listen, there is truth in this life. And the choices we make fall on those we love. I've been, I've been quoted saying this. If you don't get healed from those wounds you have inside of you from the past, you'll bleed on those who didn't cut you. There's a choice to stay wounded, to stay at a place where I can't have intimacy with other people and understand this, just like the sailors on the boat, they're the ones that got jacked up and were going to die. Get it? Jonah's the one who sinned, which is doing anything that's outside of what God said is true, right, and best. Jonah sinned, but he gets on the boat and endangers everybody in there. Get it? And I know right now that I could pull the pin and throw a grenade and destroy my family. And Alex would look at me and go, Daddy, what, why, why are we hurting? Well... Because the decisions daddy made. Jonah is also a cautionary tale of understanding personal responsibility. Now, I do like what Jonah did. He says, hey, it's me. I'm not going to run. It's me, guys. Y'all worship weird. You worship Poseidon and all this other bollocks. But no, it's me. I, I, there's a living God and it's me. I like that he owned up to it. So he must have known that, by the way. He must have known that principle. But that's a very good thing to end on. And it's this. We're responsible for the things that God is doing in our lives to this day. We're responsible with taming the desires we have in our hearts that don't line up with what is true, right, and best. Because again, common sense boots on the ground, it affects the people around us, the people we love the most. Do you know how many people are walking around broken because their dad didn't want to put himself aside and be a dad? Didn't want to stick around? Do you know, listen, I heard a statistic the other day in clinical psychology studies do you know that an American child is more likely to have a pet in their home than a dad? Did you know that? One out of five or something like this? Literally more children in America have pets in their home than fathers. And listen, I'm not dumping on dads. That doesn't help anything. We could talk about the justice system. We could talk about the roles of men and women. We could talk about the, uh, the attack on masculinity. We could talk about toxic, toxic masculinity. We could talk about a million different things and how regionally it's all different. We got different problems up here than they have down in the cul-de-sacs, okay? We got different versions of masculinity, blah, blah, blah. Don't, don't get me started. I, this is one of the things I research a ton. But the reality is more children have pets than fathers. The decisions we make fall hardest on the people we love the most. That's just a way of life. So Jonah's story isn't about Jonah. It's the straight-up dangers of running from God. It's about the goodness of God. How he gives us chance after chance, time after time, even if it means designing a fish for it. And it's about the fact that we can partner with God and what he's doing in his, in his world. And it's the greatest adventure we can have. So as we close, I want to ask you this.
What is our Nineveh? What is your Nineveh? What has God been whispering into your heart? Asking you to go and step out and do or, or change direction in this area. We didn't look much at it, but in chapter 2, Jonah finally does stop running. And this is what he says. Famously, he says this. In my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From the deep in the realm of the dead, in, in the ocean, I called for help and you listened to my cry. He stops running from God and turns and talks to God about the situation. He asks for forgiveness and immediately gets it. And then God helps him along in doing what he's supposed to do. So right now I just suggest we stop running and open our hearts. We do what Jonah did and just stand still before God with open ears. So I'm just going to, we're going to sing a song called, uh, is it Walk by Faith? It declares that the, our desire is to be people who say yes, to walk by faith and not what we see. And to trust God and talk to him about our Ninevehs, our concerns, our needs. And uh, let's worship together as a family as we do that. Thank you for joining us online. Stick around and we'll, uh, we'll all sing this song together.
choices you give us, about the opportunity that you've given us to partner with you in what you're doing. Even, Father God, if it's recognizing your grace and suffering and being a witness to your goodness and mercy when there should not be goodness and mercy, that's a none of our Lord God. That's a situation that we wouldn't necessarily pick for ourselves, Father. But we know we get to be a part of walking hand in hand with you day to day. So, Father, we want to be those folks who say yes, Lord. We want your signature on each one of the pages of our lives. so faithful for all our years. You've gotten us here. We're still here. We're still standing, Father God. And in the rearview mirror, we see that you have been so faithful. You have been gracious and loving. Help us to walk by faith and not by what we see. So, Lord, in a personal way, Father, we know that you have been speaking to us about certain things. Please give us the courage, Holy Spirit, to do the next step, to do the next thing. saying no so far, Lord, we want to turn around and say yes. We will walk by faith, Father. Thank you for your love and mercy and understanding and always calling us home. Please be with us this week in a fresh and mighty way where you give us peace and grace. May it go before us. Please bless our families and keep us healthy in the name of Christ Jesus. Please remember our prayer requests throughout the week as well, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, we live, love, and worship. And we sing hallelujah. Sing hallelujah.